I would say like overall, like my approach and how I'm am different than other wellness coaches, I believe is that I really lead with the mindset piece. Not that I'm like a mindset coach that I'm going to be like, oh, here are these like tools and your mindset's going to be different, right? But it's like listening to people maybe with a more therapeutic ear because like that's who I am. And then trying to figure out like how to shift some belief patterns to get them to where they would like to be. I'm Laurie Mallon, and this is the Results Without Restriction podcast, the show where results have nothing to do with weight and everything to do with setting and reaching health and fitness goals that focus on what we're achieving and not what we're losing. We'll talk about deprogramming from diet culture and get expert advice on reclaiming your relationship with food and movement. Join me on this journey to get results without restriction. Welcome everyone. I am here with Renee Ballinger, who is a wellness coach. She is Girls Gone Strong certified and Precision Nutrition certified. And her mission is to help women break the diet cycle by creating sustainable nutrition and movement habits. Welcome, Renee. Hi, Lori. How are you? Good. I'm so excited because one of my biggest, the things that I like to talk about is habits. Because once you create a habit, you're no longer expending all this mental energy to try to do all the quote unquote right things that, you know, you, you should probably be doing, like eating some vegetables, drinking some water, moving around, doing all that stuff. So habits are one of my biggest conversation topics, and I'm sure people would love for me to shut up about it, but I just can't. So I'm excited to have somebody else who's also excited to talk about habits. But before we get into that, I like to always start with talking to my guests about what brought them to the point of becoming, you know, a health coach or where they are in their business and and kind of what motivated them to start helping others? Well, my story is a little, I guess it's like a typical COVID story. Um, Probably not the typical route of a wellness coach, but I, prior to this job, I worked in a therapeutic school as assistant program director, having my master's in counseling psych. So I spent the past like 15 years working with adolescents, helping them manage their behavior in difficult situations, among other things. And I was laid off last year in August. And, but I've always had an interest in, well, not always, I shouldn't say always, but had had an interest in fitness for the past, I don't know, like 11, Lindsay's 11. So maybe like 15 years or so. And then five years ago, I had nutrition coaching um, and it was just life-changing. It was like really helpful to me in terms of like putting pieces together in a different sort of way. And after I had that coaching, I just became really interested in like nutrition and fitness and like how they're intertwined. And so when I got laid off, I was trying to decide if I was going to continue in education and get um my certification or not like my well for lack of a better word certification to become like an official assistant principal so I wasn't going to work last year just use the time to take some classes um and then about five days after I got laid off like I had an email from Precision Nutrition now it wasn't the first email (laughs) cleaning out my mailbox I realized over the years that they had sent me um but it was the one that I saw and it was opening up for um, nutrition coaching. And so I spoke to 
my husband, who's in finance and has, is very business-minded, educator, not so much. That's not my skill set. And I was asking him what he thought. And he is really good at like being able to kind of poke holes through things or ideas that he doesn't really feel are solid in a really smart way. And he thought it was a good idea. And I brought it to a close group of friends and they also supported it. And so that began my journey. I was like, I want to take my passion and my knowledge of psychology and merge the two to create a coaching business. So that's how I started. Tell me a little bit about precision nutrition in case our listeners don't know what that means. Well, so precision nutrition is um, a coaching program that really specializes in looking at things from a behavioral perspective, which is one of the reasons why it resonated with me. I did not nutrition coaching with them, but like another program with them a couple of years ago and I liked it. So they really talk about everything through a habit-based perspective. And that spoke to like what I know from behavioral psychology. And that's why I chose precision nutrition. And they also use like evidence-based practices. So that is what that program is about. So it was very much a compliment to like the information I already had. So it spends a lot of time on the science of nutrition. And then there's a, there's a part about being a coach, which is kind of similar to what I was doing before a lot of information on the science of nutrition, and then a segment on kind of looking at different habits that people can create to live a healthier life. Give me a hint. What, what are some of those habits look like? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it depends per person. And so, and that's also as a coach, like I'm very individualized, but it could be for some people like looking at their protein intake. That's always a big one. I feel like most people are not eating enough protein. Eating vegetables is a big one. Sleep is a big one for people. And even managing your stressors because all of these like play into like who you are as an individual. This all makes sense, right? So mm-hmm. when we're stressed, that impacts how and what you eat and what you want to eat. Um, when you're not sleeping, you know, that can also trigger a lot of different hormonal imbalances. So I like that well-rounded approach. We're talking about all the different things, all the different components of being healthy, like getting enough sleep, managing stress. Talk to me about sustainable movement habits. Well, it's really just like finding something that you like to do and that you can continue doing. I feel like I am very much a strength-based person. Like that's my jam. And so a lot of people sometimes look at what I do or if they know me and they're just like, okay, are you going to expect me to do that? I'm like, no, I'm not expecting you to come to my gym. Like if you want to, that's great. But like, if it's yoga, like do it, like move in a way that makes you happy. I feel like if you find reward in what you're doing, you're more likely to continue doing it. If you can build systems in your life to make it a priority. So really it's like finding what works for people and what gives them joy. So it's basically like the path of least resistance to, to get moving. So something that you like, something that works with your lifestyle, something that you you look forward to doing for whatever reason, if it's walking, if it's, you know, an activity, group activity, if it's something by yourself, having it be something you enjoy is definitely going to make it easier for you to do it regularly. Right. So that brings you to, you did your precision nutrition Mm -hmm. certification. And now tell me about Girls Gone Strong. Um, I did that to (laughs) learn a little bit more about 
menopause, most of my clients are 35 plus, right? And like really understanding how the changes in your hormones, like as you are in perimenopause, like affects like stress and sleep and all of this stuff. Like, so that's why I took the Girls Gone Strong certification. But it really talks about how issues pertaining to women. And so I like to say it's kind of like a womanist perspective of including that in the wellness space. And I wouldn't necessarily say anything was necessarily new, but it was just like, oh, okay, that's a good reminder to be considerate of those factors that impact us as women. Because I think especially as women, we just live our lives in a certain way and we don't really reflect on maybe like all of the other things like coming into play, if that makes any sense. That makes total sense. And I'm as a, so as a trainer, I have seen a lot of the Girls Gone Strong material Then I've used it with my own clients. And I really love that approach. For anybody who doesn't know, it's created by women. It, and it's a, a who's a veritable who's who of professionals mm-hmm. that collaborate to put it together. It is really well researched. And it's really nice to see these programs that are created by women for women so that you know what the focus is. Because a lot, and I think you've probably seen this too, a lot of the programs out there are designed maybe by men, for men, and women use them. And it doesn't take into account, like you said, all of the things that women are, you know, need to be mm-hmm. aware of. Hormonal, you know, our bodies are different hormones. We have all these different things going on. So it's really nice to have a program and be educated in a program that is created by women for women. And it's a panel of, of really just brilliant women. So it's not just, you know, couple people, it's, it's, it's a whole team. So let me ask you, so in, in the last year, so working with clients, especially during COVID, what have been some of the obstacles that your clients are facing that you're specifically helping them with? Well, I would say it varies from person to person. I guess when I started working with clients, like the one thing I was not paying as much attention because when I worked in psychology as doing more behavioral psychology stuff. It's really like applied psychology. And a lot of it is looking at the environment and kind of making changes to the environment to make someone's chances of doing something more successful, right? So it's really about like manipulation of things and was kind of bringing that into the situation. Like even if you want to talk about habits, right? If like you want to eat more vegetables, you cut them up, you put them in the front, whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Those That's like manipulating your environment to make it more successful that you'll be able to do something. When working with clients, it was clear that people's mindset or their belief that they could do something was kind of more (laughs) like overarching than I originally gave it credit for. And I, so I recently got certified in health mindset coaching, which has been huge because it helped me put like all everything together in a different sort of way. So I would say like overall, like my approach and how I'm am different than other wellness coaches, I believe is that I really lead with the mindset piece. Not that I'm like a mindset coach that I'm going to be like, oh, here are these like tools and your mindset's going to be different. Right. But it's like listening to people maybe with a more therapeutic ear. Cause like that's who I am and then trying to figure out like how to shift some belief patterns to get them to where they would like to be right so I mean each person is different I have I've worked with like teenagers who wanted whose parents wanted them to 
just like have a good foundation of nutrition in their senior year. I've worked with just people like trying to get back into better habits like after a year of COVID. So it really has varied and what that looks like for each individual is so different. Do you find you have people who come to you and they just want to like jump in with both feet and you're like, well, I think that's like human inclination, right? For everyone. I think with everything, like people do think that they need to do all the things. I just finished like a month ago, a summer accountability group and it was choosing, it was goal setting consistency, consistency through the summer. And the first module we spoke about the fact that it's like I want them to choose just one thing to work on like we're not working on like three things maybe two if I felt like they were crushing it but it was really one thing and at first everyone was like what like and I was just like well yes like this is how you actually gain consistency you really start to focus on one thing and build upon it and we did a lot of work with that and yes like they embraced it and it's funny because one of my good friends was in the group and she was texting me her goals and I'm like, girlfriend, you have like way too many things. And I just feel like it's a human inclination. Like we tend to want to jump in with everything that we have. And it almost seems counterintuitive if we're so excited by something that that's like the worst way to go about it. Right. Because you're just like, I'm ready. Like I can do all the things, but it just leads to like overwhelm. It can lead to overwhelm and burnout. Right. So so yes, like I feel like most of my clients have come in wanting to do like all the things. And I feel like, especially me as a coach, like I've really paired back. Like I started seeing clients in February. I had a cohort of three people that I was seeing individually. And I think in the beginning, I was starting with like three things we would work on at a time. Now I say to clients, we're starting with like maybe two, most likely one, Um let me see how consistent you can be with like tracking your progress and checking in with yourself and all the things I want you to do. And then maybe we'll add another one. So even as a coach, I wanted to just be like, I want to help you <laughs> do all the things. But you know, but you know, yes, <laughs> that, 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 you know, the actual results come from the slow and steady approach. Right. Now, I know a lot of my clients would come to me and they'd say, oh, let's just, I need a, I need a complete overhaul. I need to do like a jump start. I need to do everything at once. And I'm like, well, you can do that, but guess what's going to happen? You know, you're going to crash and burn and we need to do baby steps and we need mm-hmm. to do it this. And then they yep. get upset because they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need, I need to do everything right now. But I want to touch on one thing that you just said, mm-hmm. which was the mindset piece for you as a coach was bigger than you had anticipated. Mm-hmm. This brings me to your mindset mini course that you have available. Can you mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about what's in there? Sure. It is a six day email sequence. And first it defines mindset. Cause I do feel like a lot of people, it is very much of a buzzword and it, I mean, it does have multiple meanings sometimes, right? You'll hear like your mindset about food and it's really like your thoughts about food, not your mindset. But uh, when I'm talking about mindset, I'm talking about like the belief that you can do something. It's like how you view the world, how you approach situ- situations. So defines mindset talks about the importance of awareness um, and then talks about all or nothing thinking and also fixed in growth mindset. And so within each day, there is 
a case study and also a homework assignment. So the case study, you read it, you reflect upon it, you answer the questions based on what you see in Jacqueline for the day. And then there's homework assignments that are like one or two questions. Like for you, how does the topic of the day, where do you see it coming up in your life? And it doesn't have to be about wellness. I had a friend I was talking to yesterday who used it, is using it to help her like explore her thoughts about getting a new job because mindset is kind of, it's there and it's your belief system. You don't have to use it for wellness. You can use it for anything. And so each email is scheduled or designed to take 10 minutes of your time. It's not, I mean, you could take more if you wanted to, but really it's short, something that's doable and not too overwhelming. And there are also like links within the email. So if you would like accountability, some people have used them to reach out to me for accountability if you have any questions. So the feedback has been great. Um, by the time this airs, it will be, there'll be a link on my Instagram bios so people can purchase it. But people have really said it's really helped them understand what mindset is and to see that some of the barriers that come into play in their life and how it comes into their life. And so I think that's the beauty of it is that it's not just like, okay, all or nothing thinking, this is what it is and giving an example that people can't relate to. There might be a question kind of like, how does this relate to your life? <laughs> like, And do these things. So for all or nothing, it's like, okay, do you ever see yourself thinking like this? Like, can you put things on a continuum? Like that's an example of a homework assignment. So, or can you like plan for obstacles as they come up? So they're actionable evidence-based things that people can do. That sounds really helpful for people who I know, and I've, especially in the last year, have kind of gotten into these thought patterns of, mm -hmm. you know, things that I do or don't do based on, you know, these repeating thoughts and what I believe and what's hold, you know, and I've had to really examine things that have been holding me back that are really just in my head and my own self-limiting kind of mm -hmm. beliefs about what I'm what I'm capable of or what maybe more like what opportunities to pursue and things like that but anyway yes that's really like the foundation of habit change mm -hmm. and behavior change is understanding where we're kind of keeping ourselves stuck mm -hmm. and using that information to kind of I had a guest and on the podcast we talked about mindset and these these thoughts that get grooved in so deeply after years and years that it really does seem like we believe them because we think them, we think them because we believe them and it's just this cycle and it really does take some kind of like pause and examination to say, is this true? Is this right. Happening? Because yes, because like your mindset does affect your thoughts, which then in turn interplay with your feelings and then are reflected in your behaviors, right? So um, mindset's really the key. <laughs> they all interplay with each other, but it's your belief that you could do something leads to thoughts. And August 31st, I had a post about um, a cognitive therapy skill that you can use if you find yourself in a negative thought, like if you can actually catch a thought, you know? So it's like catching a thought, checking the thought, and then changing the thought. And so I lay out kind of how to do that if you notice that you have these thoughts in terms of, I mean, you can use it for everything, but as a disclaimer, like really the purpose of the post was like for wellness goals, right? Like if you are having more mental health issues, you should see a licensed professional. But if you're thinking to yourself, like, 
I can never be consistent with my exercise. Why do I even bother? That is, and you catch yourself thinking that, well, then that's a perfect time to use that exercise to then come up with a replacement thought that over time with practice, that will become your automatic thought, your replacement thought, right? As long as like you go through the exercise and find something that's meaningful to you. So often we don't catch ourselves. We're on just such like an automatic Mm -hmm. loop of, oh, I didn't work out today. Oh, I'm I'm so lazy. Oh, what's wrong with me? Why am I so inconsistent? Why can't I stick to anything? And we go down this. It's rehearsed. It's not, I want to say rehearsed. It is, it is grooved in. We, it's, we'll just go ahead and berate ourselves mentally instead of saying, wait a second. Well, you know, what's behind this? It's like your fixed mindset. It's like the belief that, okay, this is who I am, right? So then when you don't go to the gym, it's like evidence that, okay, this is another example that I'm not that type of person who can stick to an exercise plan, right? So, I mean, that's why I spend some time in the course talking about awareness and how important it is. I call it noticing that because these thoughts and our belief systems are so ingrained, not ingrained, they're really, they are ingrained, our beliefs are ingrained, but we don't even notice that they're we're saying these things to ourselves. So it's really kind of like taking the time to try to work some things out. And if you do notice things like to start asking yourself questions about whether or not that's true for you. Again, it's easy. in some ways it's easier if you're like, you have a specific goal that you're thinking about and then you can work backwards from that. And it's not that I'm asking people to meditate. <laughs> I will. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask everybody to meditate because you all need it. Okay. It's not a bad thing, but I do feel like people think, okay, mindset, she's going to say meditate and that there's nothing wrong with that. That is a way to develop mindfulness in a different mindfulness as well. Right. But it could be like, you're talking to someone or you say something. And if you catch yourself like journaling and like digging deep and really thinking through things and One of the things I do in the course is like, okay, think about a time when you had a goal that you didn't meet that goal, what happened, right? And lay out like what you're thinking, feeling like they're series of questions. So it really goes from a place of like, almost like reverse design of, you don't have to be like this enlightened person who's like, oh, I caught that thought. It's like, no, I'm asking you to go back to a situation that you've already had and think about it. That is really what the course is trying to do for people. A couple of months ago, I was asking people like what they wanted, what they felt they needed to work on. And I was surprised when people said mindset because mindset posts generally flop on social media. Like for example, the post I was telling you about, about the thought checking, it got maybe five likes. But when I looked at my insights, like four people saved it and one person shared it. So it's like, okay, well, that's good. But on the outskirts, it seemed like no one commented on it. I only got five likes. So it seemed like no one likes it. And I do feel like with a lot of the mindset stuff, it's like people appreciate it. And it's almost like they lurk, like they're even afraid to like, like it. They don't want to be associated with that, but they're, it's in the back of their heads. 
mindset has become a little bit of a buzzword. What is mindset? What do people think mindset is? Like you said, people think mindset and they think meditation. And earlier you said mindset is... Your belief system. The thing about mindset is that people want a checklist. They want yes. to do things. They want yes. like, tell me what to do. What do right. I do? And if And if the answer is, you know, journaling, that's a thing I can do. Right. right. So if you're talking about the activity to kind of help, but when you start using the word mindset, I think people's eyes glaze over a little bit because they're like, is it, are we talking woo woo stuff here? Are we talking like real right. action? Like, yes. And some people like the woo woo stuff. So there's nothing against that. Right. But I do think that because so many people use it differently and I do feel like there is an interplay with that in thought. And I feel like because it is like kind of the buzzword that people try to use it a lot. <laughs> but I'm trying to put some more evidence-based practices out there that are aligned with it and what it means. We went through this with mindfulness too. I mm -hmm. think mindfulness was like a, a buzzword for a bit and people were just like, oh, I'm mindful. So Renee, I would love for you to talk to us a little bit about your one-on-one -on -one coaching program. So what does that look like and who would be an ideal candidate? How do I want to say this? What does it look like to work with you? What can somebody expect to, to get out of your program? I would say, and I'm going to answer the question you didn't want to ask. <laughs> An ideal candidate is someone who does not, who also appreciates like data and doing the work because there is um, a behavior tracking piece, right? Like we can't know what we're doing if we don't track it. So Clients who've had the most success with me are ones who do like the homework assignments, whatever they are. Um, so it in, consists of you fill out an application, doesn't mean that you're committed to work with me, ask you a couple questions, have a phone call, figure it out if it is a good fit, and then send you an intake if I do realize it's a good fit and go through the intake. And on our first phone call, we go over the initial intake application and to think of based on whatever your goal is like what you would like to work on to get to that place right so it could be and it ranges like I'm working with a client now who's like I really wanted to like focus on mindset so we did a lot more noticing and naming like the emotions she was feeling when she was about to like dive into like chips on her way home or what have have you right we really slowed her down and found like replacement behaviors to deal with like those emotions. So it could be something like that, or it could be like I mentioned earlier, like the teen whose parents just wanted her to have a healthier foundation with her senior year of going forward. So we really looked at her schedule. She's an athlete and we spent three months really focused on increasing her vegetable intake and learning how to make better choices for her, like at restaurants. So, um, and that kind of tied into like snacks, like what snacks she brought, like when she was competing. And that was all stemming from like, just really focusing on vegetables, right? It like branched out to like different things. So it ranges. So it is a three month minimum commitment. And after three months, well, around like month two, <laughs> we talk about next steps. Um, after the first three months, it's month to month and the price decreases. And at the end of our journey together, clients get a summary. So they get a summary of what they wanted to work on, the goals that they chose and the goals that we addressed during the time of our work together. 
and then propose next steps like areas that they should continue to focus because I felt like that was also missing a missing piece from coaching I know from like my own experience and like from others it's like you do it and it's kind of like people not like they're done with you but it's there's not really a next step so you're kind of feeling like do I do the same things I've been doing for the rest of my life like I don't know what to do so trying to build more self-efficacy with my clients being like okay like these are some areas you know how we built these habits you can translate it to these areas if you would like to further your journey and so that's what it looks like to work with me let me ask you real quick Mm -hmm. because I know when I was working with clients I used a bunch of different apps um, Mm -hmm. and now a lot of them are coming out with like habit tracking features I know personally that I've used nudge and I've used your coach and I've used Trainerize with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, the habit tracking, the thing you do and you check it off and you're like, mm-hmm. it gives you that feeling of like accomplishment to see, mm-hmm. you know, and you can track your progress and say, oh, for the last seven days, I completed this mm-hmm. habit. And it gives you the big picture. You can say, look how I'm doing. I'm consistent. And it builds that confidence that mm-hmm. you're, you know, you can do this. Yep. Um, so is that something that you do for clients? Like, do you work with an app? Are you pen and paper? Do you... Um, it's like a mix. Like I do have an app that I'm using currently and it is more kind of like there might be, it depends. It depends on what they're tracking, right? It could either be like targets for the day that they enter in or what have you. So it could be like their target for the week is to drink eight glasses of water a day. Like at the end of the night, they will track like how many glasses of water that they drank. And sometimes I supplement that with like sending clients like journal prompts to write about if they're interested in that as well, or other homework assignments. So when I wrapped up with like my teen, for example, like she, I had her do like a vision board because she was worried about what it would be like when we didn't work together. So had her do a vision board of how she felt in this moment. And so that was something that she could visually see. Client I'm working with now, we're getting close to termination. We're moved away from the app because she wants to and I don't want her to feel like she has to be dependent on like a app. So she is writing down behaviors that she knows will indicate that she's kind of falling off track for her. And so like, that's her homework assignment this week. So it really depends on where we are and who the person is. Like so with some people, it's just a challenge enough to have them fill out like the daily at the end of the day. And with some of my clients, it's kind of, we spend a lot of time just thinking about like, okay, how can you build this system? And so you can even remember to do it because I like calling it, I don't know, working mom, not brain, but it's like, if you're working at like the end of the night, like things sometimes feel like they're falling apart or the wheels come off the bus because the kids come home from school and there are all these things going on and we don't make ourselves a priority to check in with ourselves and do what we need to do but if people would like to move forward like they have to figure out a way to make themselves like a little bit more of a priority than they currently do so and I've learned that for myself personally as well I think parents moms we all kind of drop a little bit (laughs) on the priority list sometimes and you're right it does need to be a conscious choice to prioritize and I'm gonna say I'm gonna use this also buzzword self-care self-care is not you know bubble baths and mani-pedis but it's taking care of yourself 
in all of the way, in whatever way you need it to be. So if it's um, making sure that you are continuing your work with developing healthy habits, that's your self-care. And if that means you need to carve out 15 minutes before things get crazy and the wheels come off the bus, like you said, carving out that time and saying, okay, I did it already. Great. If not, what's my plan to do it? And I mean, I did write a post about that too. At one point, like self-care is kind of putting yourself first at times. Right. So, I mean, I have this belief and it sounds like harsher than it is that it's like, when we say we don't have time for something, it's really like, that's not a priority for us really reframing it for people. It's like, okay, well, it's a prioritization issue. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily that there wasn't time, you know, I'm not really coming from the stance because I know recently there's been a lot of pushback on that, you know, in terms of like access and if people really don't have the time and I'm like, well, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the 10 minutes a day that you spend or someone spends scrolling social media then you could use five of those minutes to check in and do your habit tracking, right? It's, it's just, a choice. It's that a choice. that right there is a choice. And I don't even think, again, it's like lack of awareness that people don't even realize that sitting on the couch watching television or scrolling social media is a habit, right? And it's like we're shifting it a little bit away from that to something that will help you move forward. So, and people don't realize it until they actually, you say it and they're like, oh, that's true. <laughs> It's just, it's all about awareness. And yes. sometimes, sometimes they need that, you know, third party to shine a light and say, yeah. just so you know, this is what's actually happening. Right. You know, because everyone's got their lens. They're seeing how they're, they're, they're seeing their own behavior right. through a lens. Right. So you're, you're saying it a lot nicer than I am, <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't surprise me. All right, Renee, we're going to start wrapping up. But okay. what I like to do at the end of each episode is have our guest talk about or give our give our audience their top three tips my top three tips for life one is like it's all about planning right like be it figuring out like how to get healthy meals on the table or finding time to exercise or even to move it's like you really have to like it or not prioritize and plan right because like if you don't do that like you're not going to be able to like reach your goals a second is like I'm a huge believer in data and tracking in whatever way feels comfortable for you, right? Like I do feel like overall tracking gets a bad rap because it gets like, people think about the extreme, you know what I mean? Like the people like tracking and weighing everything and it doesn't necessarily need to be like that, right? It could just be like, did I do my daily habit today? Did I like check in with myself? Did I journal? Whatever it is, like that's all information. We're not gonna know where, you're not gonna know where you need to go in life if you don't have like, any like data to look at to know where you currently are well it's like it's like a gps right like you have to know your current location to get the steps to the yes exactly right and again it could be journaling at the end of the night right it could just be like these are my thoughts for the day or whatever and thirdly it's like give yourself grace because like consistency doesn't come with like doing everything 100% of the time like no one does everything 100% of the time it's really what you do like 80% of the time and how you approach something the next day so if you have a goal of walking three times a week for 20 minutes and one week you didn't make it because of whatever reason give yourself grace and what's more important is like the next day you're like okay where can I schedule in my walk to make it happen right because at the end of a year or the end of a month 80% of the time is like 
26 days or whatever, right? It's so it's not like, okay, it's not a (laughs) hundred. Like that doesn't get us anywhere. And it doesn't leave any room for like enjoyment, enjoyment in our life and to honor like all the other things that happen in our life, good or bad, that we might need to make space for. So those are my top three tips. Renee, those are great. And I really appreciate you coming here and talking with us today. This has been amazing. Oh, thank you. Everyone, you can find Renee on Instagram. That is apparently where she hangs out most of the time. She's trying to get me over there. I'm too old, but that's okay. She is on Instagram and I'm going to be connecting uh, her. I'm going to be dropping her. Um, what do you call it? The handle? Yes. Okay. What do you think? What are the kids calling it these days? The handle? Okay. I'll be dropping that in the show notes and also information on how to connect with Renee on her programs and how you can work with her again. Thank you, Renee. Oh, thank you for having me, Lori. Thanks for listening. And if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Check out our show notes for this episode where you can find any of the links and resources that were mentioned during the show and connect with a health and wellness provider committed to helping you ditch diets and achieve results without restriction. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.